Welcome to Monday. It's 545. My name's John. There's Brady. There's Brett. Big Dick Toledo's in here. This is the morning sickness and a bipolar weekend for sure. Limping in. Oh, the euphoria of one thing and the misery of the next. There's nothing worse than uh, celebrating. You forget. It's almost like uh, the, the Friday flight to Vegas is always more fun than the Sunday flight home. It was football. Got all amped up and everything else. And then uh, before you know it, uh, everybody in this room at least, our teams were pretty much bounced out of the game before our chicken wings showed up at the table. It was bad. <laughs> Bengals lost. Vikings lost. Bears lost. Steelers lost. And none of us really competitive at any of it. No. So this room's depressed. However, if we went to uh, Metallica, which Brady, you, you missed this one. If you went to Metallica on Saturday night, Holy Christ, that was what it's supposed to look like. It was crazy. Mind-blowingly great. And compared to a week before, where I actually said after the Friday night, first night show, ugh, I gotta go back Sunday. This is kind of a pain in my ass. That wasn't that great. Uh, and then you realize maybe it had something to do with COVID. Maybe something was going on. But everything about Saturday was perfect. That's the that's a top three-er. As far as the way it sounds, looks, yeah. and, and then all of us were sitting and saying, this has changed the way stadium shows are going to be. This is the, the way it is from now on. That, that was ridiculous. Like, what a show. It made me sit back and just say, you know what? I think I'm going to go out and, and give Five Finger Death Punch a try again. I'm going to get their, their five albums, and I'm, I'm going to give this a run again. <laughs> like, what am I thinking? It's like I, the whole thing, they, everything about it was it was euphorically good, like what music concerts are supposed to do. We had a blast on Saturday. So thanks to Metallica for healing up and getting out there and killing it. James sounded incredible. When he started out with Whiplash, I was like, whoa, oh, yeah, coming I thought out you were the, sick, bro. What's up, man? Coming out of the gates with Whiplash, my buddy Ryan's standing next to me. He goes, this is how it's supposed to go. Yeah. Like, you go, I can't believe they're doing this right off the bat. Whiplash opened the show and, I mean, tore it down. It was great. And I think the crowd kind of grew as time went on too yeah. like it was that moment of like all right we're here do it we got our tickets get it out of the way and then realized well you're being presented with something phenomenal absolutely great so yeah metallica tearing down as we speak so the cardinals can use the stadium next week and why let's do yeah let's show. just keep doing Screw that, that. Yeah, let's have a season of let's have 17 of those yeah that was and maybe awesome. they should uh you know instead of doing a friday sunday yeah maybe they do their tours where they're there for a week yeah, doing uh, Saturday night, just do a Saturday, Saturday. Then, uh, yeah, I think, uh, and then you know, just have the people in the other cities going. Now, hold on, you can't do that. Like, trust Phoenix. Yeah. Give them a week off in between, and these dudes. It was a, it was outstanding. How great that was! And I've been to a lot of good shows in my life. A lot. It's hard for. I'm cynical. I've seen a lot of concerts. I've been through the. That one was. Uh, that was crystal clear. Awesome show. Good stuff. Going away, it was a good thing Phoenix got the uh, COVID version of James because whatever they did night two, night and day. Oh, huh? it was yeah, it was it was night and another planet's day. It was I mean to me, the first night was especially now was bad. When I left it at first, I'm like, eh, you know, what are you going to do? Big stadium. I kept doing the same thing, and my cynical concert self says, eh, stadium shows are never that good. It's always bad sound. Yeah. They never have it figured out. I thought they might have with the setup. They didn't. It was echoey. It was it was bad. It was kick drums. That's all you heard. 
And then now after that last one, I'm like, nope, night one was just a bad night. They just didn't play well. The sound was off. James was sick. It was just not good. I'd like to thank the Chinese flu for showing up uh, the week before because... All the people that were emailing me, it's the flu. Get your ass up there and play the second night. No, give him a week off. The dude was incredible. And the energy was different. Everything about it was was great. And you were down in the snake pit because you blew the guys from suicidal. (laughs) Nice work, Brett. I got the last minute thing because he's like, you got any good tickets? I'm like, yeah, I got radio tickets. He goes, I'll hook it up. Now, when you say he, Mm -hmm. you mean... Mike Muir. Yeah, Yeah. the the, the main guy from suicidal tendencies. So Brett was, uh, you know... Hey, buddy. It's been a while. But, yeah... (laughs) Hey, man. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you've been friends with him for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't asking. No. He no, just no, no. gave him to you. Yep. Oh. So I went down there, and it, I tell you what. I mean, I know you said the sound was great up in the suite, oh. and, but down in the snake pit, there, there's no other way to see Metallica. I mean, it's. I know it's expensive. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if you got to pay for them, but they give it stuff, is though. worth it. They give you, like, a thermos. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got all these weird things. My buddy Chris was down in there, and he's got... Like Yetis and Toys, stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. good ones. Yeah. It was like, oh my God, they gave you all that? Those are projectiles. Yeah. They trusted the people who paid to be in this. <laughs> well, they figure if you're spending that kind of cash. Yeah. You don't want to sh- see a short concert. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, they just nice things. They gave them very nice things. Oh, nothing about it short. They were on for two No, what I'm saying, if you threw your projectile. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. You're yeah. going to be dismissed. Even still, though, they're drunk. They're at a rock show. It's amazing what people will throw. <laughs> when you give them, there's a reason why they don't hand them out at a lot of events. It's like some some reason, people just chuck the thing. And those big beach balls too. It's oh. like, oh my god! And that I was saw a, some guy get knocked the f out. Yeah. Like he wasn't looking, and all of a sudden, boom. Just, that was the weird thing about the Friday show compared to that. They drop a bunch of beach balls, and the Friday show, they just, everybody just gathered them and put them back on the stage. Like, oh, Metallica, you dropped a bunch of beach balls. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> and they gave them back, and there was no. This one was a beach party. Oh yeah, they were flying around. It was fun. That was. I was like, oh, that's that's the way this is supposed to look. Yeah. And Kirby then, showed me some film of that. Because she's fascinated by the dog piles on about four or five balls yeah. where they're jumping in, yeah. deflating. Mm. <laughs> I saw a couple of deflators, too, like a guy grabbing at it, and then they're pulling, and you just see the ball just disappearing. Yeah. The guys they're huge, though. But, yeah, it was fun. It was a great show. And emails afterwards, because I checked, oh, everybody, euphoria. It was yeah. it was an amazing show. So, very cool that we had that going on. Then, we're all amped up, a little bit uh, drunk. Have some fun. Seven hours later, I mean, I'm in the I'm in my pool at one thirty in the morning, feeling great. I come back from the show, a little bit off, you know. Oh, yeah. I had a nice night, and I hop in the pool, lay down, fall asleep, wake up at seven thirty, fired up some more football going, and then uh, fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes into football season, I'm like, F- this, I'm going to bed. Game one's <laughs> over. Miserable. This sucks. Yeah, yeah. Overreaction Sunday is upon us. Week one is always overreaction week. Everybody's the greatest team of all time. Everybody's the worst team of all time. I don't think Dallas is going to be tolerable all week. A Cowboy fan, what they saw last night was outrageous Super Bowl contender stuff. However, you played a team that clearly needed another week. Something was wrong with the Giants. Uh, I did enjoy, well, I don't enjoy this, but I hate when sports does the uh you know, the home team is here to support and honor blah, blah, blah. And I always go back to the Brian Urlacher uh, dying mom thing. He His mom passed away, and the Bears made this proclamation. We're going to do this for Brian and what he's gone through. Our, his mom, and this means something to us, and we're going to do this for Brian's mom. And we, they're crying. Uh, went out, and the Saints just beat the living tar out of him. 
And that was for Brian's mom. Like, their tribute was awful. I always think it's dangerous to go, and the Giants now celebrating 9-11 last night. And it was the Giants' performance was supposed to have extra gravitas because of the New York City on 9-11. And they break out Queen Latifah to sing. I didn't even know she sang. Sing the national anthem. The flag is beautiful. Everybody's in. Sweet Gucci suit. Yeah. NYPD, FDNY hats. Everybody's in the gear. Everybody's celebrating and thinking, you know, this is for the fallen. And the Giants went out and just bent over and got as hard as you can on TV by the Cowboys of all teams, whose job it was to go in there and wreck the 9-11 celebration. I hate when sports does this. Dallas's job was to go ruin (laughs) 9-11. And tonight, you got the ultimate New York battle. We got Buffalo versus New York tonight. And again... I don't know that it's appropriate to say, all right, everyone, here's a moment of silence for the fallen from 9-11. Okay, let's bring out those jets. I'm like, no, no jets. <laughs> you don't want to talk about jets and 9-11. I think the jets should stay far, far away from all 9-11 tributes because, let's face it, the one memory we have of jets for 9-11, not super solid. So if the jets go out, you know, and they all over themselves in front of it, then you have to wonder, should New York even do these 9-11 things anymore for sports? The Yankees lost in 2001, and no 9-11 celebration's ever gone as planned. It's pretty much gone the way the terrorists would want. I mean, I think the terrorists last night were Cowboy fans, and they got their way. And New York's got to stop having 9-11 sports celebrations. They just have to. I don't think anything good ever happens on 9-11 in New York. Let's just say that. And so let's just keep them... Uh, you know, that week they need to be somewhere else. Out of respect, we won't play. Yeah, we're not going to play. Yeah, there you go. The, all the, the lights, no. the stadiums are dark. That's smart. That's yeah, a, that's, that's what they should do. Count. Out of respect, the Jets and Giants won't play home games. They, they're on the road. They don't play 9-11 home games. And then you can have your memories of Jets and Broncos and Mile High on 9-11. And you do the, remember the fallen, and wear the FDNY hats and whatever. But at least you're not dragging New York through it again. And, uh, you know, it's just tonight we'll find out if they can go 0 for 2 for 9-11. Yeah, but the uh, the teams that are horrible aren't horrible. The teams that were great weren't great. Uh, hopefully, in my you know, case especially. Most people, sadly, you know, they'll do the pre-ceremony and everything. But everyone, everyone wants to see how Aaron Rodgers is oh, sure. coming out. That's all this is about tonight. Aaron Rodgers was the big story in the offseason. And seeing him in a Jets uniform. I mean, he's decided to mirror Brett Favre's career completely. We'll find out. He'll be a Viking soon It's enough. the same thing. Yeah, he's going to quit. He was an amazing and... actor on Hard Knocks. Yeah. And duped everyone. Yeah, yeah, he's every, a good guy. Everybody fooled into liking Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, and I don't know how he did that. There's something, something. Check out Homework's Morning Sickness Podcast at 98kupd.com. Homework's Morning Sickness. That's a magic trick. That's his best play. All the accolades, won a Super Bowl and all that. The most amazing thing he's done is make the world like Aaron Rodgers in three short weeks. But yeah, that's tonight, so we'll find out. Are the Cowboys that good? They're very good. But I don't think they're that good. Are the Giants that bad? I don't think so. 40 to nothing? No, they're not that bad. The Cardinals ran with the Washington Commander Skins. And, and even the Cardinals were surprised, I think, midway through. It's like, we got a chance in this thing. This is like, this Washington team doesn't want to play. And they didn't. And then finally just kind of talent won out, I think, on that one a little bit. But the commander skins aren't that bad. The Cardinals weren't that good. 
the Niners are very good. They're loaded. That's going to be that's one team you watch when you realize, oh my God, I didn't realize every position is all pro. And if Brock Purdy just kind of minds his p's and q's, and I think that guy's pretty good. Uh, and congratulations to uh, Scottsdale School System for that one. That little prick. He's got the most punchable face on the planet. I hope his parents are listening. I wanted to. I just wanted to face your son all day yesterday. Little cutesy from, and then somebody said, "Yeah, but we got to support him because he's local." And I'm like, "Have you been on these freeways? Get out! Like, wh- <laughs> why do we have? Why do we have that mentality? Oh, he's local. You got to support him." I'm like, "Not one, not one mother f- supports me on the freeways, and we're from the same place." Nobody goes, "Hey, local guy, nice. Thanks for cutting me off." We hate each other constantly, every day on the freeways. Constantly, never once does it run through our mind. Got to support him. He's local. Never. You never look at the license plate of the guy who just dicked around in front of you or is going 45 on the freeway and go, well, he's from Arizona, local guy, let him do it. Uh Uh-uh, we only do that in sports. F*** Brock Purdy and his whole family up there. I I don't care if they're listening. I don't support him because he's local. I support business because it's local because that helps me. That's good tax money. It keeps things churning. I like that. Support local business. Support local bands. Support local athletes who are playing somewhere else. F*** you. But he's good. I know he lit my team yeah. up. And the kid's good. Yeah, well, he completely lit my team up. I'm not going to sit and go, well, at least I know where he lives or the general area. <laughs> that. We all fall for that. Metallica did that. Hey, Phoenix! <laughs> oh, Five Finger Death Punch threw out a couple KUPD references, and the place went bananas. It was great. And again, I'm like, oh, that's just pandering, but I really enjoyed the pandering. Sometimes pandering's great. But, yeah, I don't understand that whole support the local guy when we're so mean to each other. Like, you can't even stand in line at a Circle K and have a dude cut in front of you. Say, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, but I'm from, I'm local. Oh, all right. Go right ahead. <laughs> Go get him, buddy. I didn't realize we're from the same general area. We don't support each other while we're local, let alone some dude playing for another team. A rival, but that's a good team. And if they keep it together and stay healthy, that is a Super Bowl contender. Dallas the same way. But are they that good? No. Are the teams they beat that bad? No. And so it's week one overreaction week. The, the power rankings are all going to shift. I will say this. I do think that Brett's Bears are as bad as they showed up. <laughs> and I looked at that and I thought, oh, my God, something's just bare about this. Well, you were talking about how some teams need another week or two. of. Uh, yeah. We need another season or two. Yeah, you need actually, a season or you know? preseason. Yeah. I think if you had a 15 or 16 game preseason, then you could kind of work the kinks out and then get ready for that last game of the year. Yeah. But, man, oh, man. Come on, basketball season. They made the Packers done. Yeah, they made the Packers look like they never lost far or right. Come on, no, 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 no. He's right. Don't get your hopes up over there. Now, there's a lot of teams like you know maybe my Steelers do absolutely have this kind of like whoops. I don't see it, but I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders. But I wanted to see the growth, you know, from last year. They didn't show it yesterday. No, but the Bears are they're a bad team. Oh, they're terrible. And Joe Burrow said he messy. just wanted to uh, get a quarterback rating lower than his yearly salary. <laughs> yeah. And he well, did it. And he did it. And he did it in a big way. Yeah, they were a mess. The Bengals are not that bad. The Browns are not that good. Both are good. I mean, when, when you have more punts than completions, Joe Burrow at halftime, <laughs> uh, something's just not clicking. So they, they just, you know, they, you know, plenty of teams in week one go out there and uh, the bed pretty much. And that's what happened with the Bengals. That's what happened with the Steelers for sure. That's what happened with the Bengals for sure. I think the Giants were the Giants are a decent team. They just got they just got railroaded immediately. But football's back, so we're talking football. It's not all bad. 
Congratulations so. to the 49ers fans I was going back and forth with. I, I thought the Steelers would be competitive for sure. I didn't think that would happen. But uh, 49er fan tip the cap, walk away. And I got the stupid Then Browns you get the fans. mouthy ones. Though, eh, you know. They, they deserve it. They earned it. I had man goop yesterday. Hey, man, take a picture of me and send it to send it to John. I'm like, oh, he's no, a Niners I'm fan? I'm not dealing with that. That's not surprising. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> man goop. <laughs> Did he say take a picture of me? Yeah, and send well, it to you the, in his jersey. All right, that's very Niners of him. <laughs> How San Francisco. Take a picture of me now. <laughs> Sashay, Chante. What jersey is he wearing? Is there three numbers on it? <laughs> ah, I'm saying because he's big. <laughs> You might as well have sent me that picture. It would have been all day. I was in a mood. Yeah, waiting all that time to watch your team just not play is the worst. But Cardinal fans, you know, played better than... I think they walked away probably of uh, of most teams. We can compete. Kind of the big winner of the... Like, hey, that wasn't so bad, you know? It was almost like surgery or going to the dentist for Cardinal fans yesterday. Just, ooh, let's see what happens. They played okay. It came out like, yeah. It's still playing know, the Commander Skins. We lost. The Commander Skins are pretty good. Yeah. They're not terrible. I don't know if I mean, they're not Howell's bears, the answer, but, you but know. they played like they were awful. But Cardinal fan walked out of there going, that didn't hurt as bad as I thought. This isn't so awful. The Giants coming off a 40 nothing loss and playing Sunday here. Uh, oof. I don't want yeah, to I don't want to see that team uh, unless, you know, they just keep having kinks. But I can't imagine the Giants are going to come off of that loss feeling like they can't look at the Cardinals like fresh meat. We'll see. It all settles in. Week three, four, you start realizing where you're at. Week six and seven, the contenders emerge, and the rest of them fall in place. We already fall in place. Yeah, with the, yeah and the Bears are, the Bears are getting that out I of the mean, way right now. Why mess around? <laughs> They'll have a couple games this year where you're like, hey, that Justin Fields broke loose and scored 21 points accidentally because for some reason the man hates throwing the football. <laughs> he just loves running around. But, yeah, that's, that, I felt bad. I have a friend who flew out for the Cubs and Diamondbacks games, and he's a big Bears fan. He always goes to the uh, home opener, and he flew out, and he t- texted me last night, and he goes, this whole weekend f- sucked. <laughs> Cubs got trounced by the Diamondbacks three out of four, and he was at all the games they lost, and then he didn't go Sunday, and the Diamondbacks lost, and then the Bears game, he's just, he's mush. He mushed it, and we all feel that way. So it was lovely. Trip came over yesterday to the house for the Steelers stuff, brought a bunch of cheese, put it on the brand new cheese pyramid. It was beautiful, pounding that stuff. And then by the second quarter, I just hear, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, huh? I'm out of here. This is terrible. I'm like, you're right. Can I come? <laughs> but we'll see. It'll be fun. And it is 9-11, so now we have to start uh, dealing with how much the news is going to try to milk sadness from our bone marrow. That they are just digging deep and sucking on. I've already heard it on the radio once this morning. They had uh, people, you know, brothers of people who've died 22 years ago, and they're trying to make you cry and sad. Identified two more bodies. Yeah, from- and I, I and I mean, what are the odds they identify them the week of 9/11? They mm-hmm. bring that news out. I hate how they do this. I hate how interview they- with a pilot that uh, dodged both planes. Right. Always the guy, land. the Brady of the story that didn't have anything to do with it, but somehow I was on the news going, yeah, I've been in that plane. Uh, I, I flew that thing six days before it hit the 12. You know, the big memory of that plane wasn't your successful flights. Nobody remembers Amelia's wins. Six days before. So yeah. what happened to the guy who flew it the day before? Right. I mean, who yeah. cares about your six well, days a week? About, how about only talk about the dude who flew it that day? Yeah. Otherwise, the plane was functioning at a perfect level with no terrorists on it. 
The plane had nothing to do with it, but they're going to drag all those people out. And, you know, the, the Mark Wahlberg story of, I was, I was supposed to be on the flight from Boston, but I, a last minute change. All right. You didn't get on it then. I guess you have no story. I'll just say this. I think it was 2014 or 2015. I was in Morocco. Oh, they had an earthquake. Yep. They had an earthquake. <laughs> That's right. Brady's wandered the streets of Morocco. They're no longer there. You've also been to Maui. Yes. Oh, my God. Look how close just, you've been to death so I'm often. very blessed. You might as well, well have a sickle and one of them black robes because you just wander around and ruin wherever you've been. I was in uh, New Orleans before Katrina. Oh, so, my I God. Mean, you know, it was, was Brady crazy. there? <laughs> well, I'm sure he was. Oh, Brady, you've been to New Orleans? I'm setting up some interviews for you, Brady. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Have you you were in New Orleans before two thousand and five? No. Oh, you know. Oh, thank God. So close. We got to get you over there for another one. <laughs> but I just I I uh, I remember my story of nine eleven being personal and yelling at Channel Twelve. I'll never forget the day I basically said local news can go f- itself when on the air that morning, our second week on the air, twenty two years ago. Wasn't it? It was our second week. And we're just getting our footing. We're trying to figure out what we're doing here. Boom, boom. Planes hit the buildings. My uh, soon-to-be wife was in there. Damn you, terrorists. Almost. And uh, I just remember thinking, well, she's dead for hours, you know. My dad called me. My dad, who is the bedside manner of a hammer, you know she's gone, right? Like at, <laughs> at 9 in the morning. It was an. It was like right after it happened. I get a call from my dad. Oh boy, because he knew she was there. He was like, "Yeah, you know she's gone, right? Just brace yourself." I'm like, "I'm okay." No, she's dead. Nobody gets out of that. I'm like, "Thanks, Dan. That's nice." No, seriously. Just how are you? I'm like, "I'm doing. I was okay. She's dead. Okay. Do you know? I think I've seen the body on TV. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure I saw her. Man, you're dead enough. But he called with that was his. All right, boy, buck up. You're, you you got to toughen up. Here's something, something. Check out Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast at 98kupd.com. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, he's probably right. Because at the time, when the buildings fell, they were saying on TV, you know, there's, there's potential for 25,000 people to have been inside of those buildings at that time. Because it was right after, right before work started. Who knows how many people are there? Luckily, and it sounds terrible, but in hindsight, you look back and like, how did only 3,000 people pass away? That's, uh, yeah. and, and if you've ever stood next to the World Trade Centers, 110 stories each. I mean. You have, uh, you know, because I was looking at it when we were in the that morning, I was looking at it the way that uh, you don't realize how big those buildings are. I still don't. I've never been there. And someone said, have you been to the memorial? Have you seen that? Unreal. It's like, it's. It's unbelievable how big that is. And then the whole time, yeah, maybe I had the rose-colored glasses yeah. on. I just never was thinking that you're... Yeah, well, you didn't want to. Well, you right. Did. I remember but you... But I'm like, you know, we, we got to get a hold of her. But I didn't think quite yeah. yet. I just... We were... Uh, we wasn't were, buying into it that, man, all these people can be... Well, two, two, two weeks into the show, Brady patted me on the back down the hall and goes, Gosh, I'm so sorry, Jeff. I'm like, it's John. We'll get used to that. That's a couple <laughs> weeks. We're only a couple weeks in. Having fun, my man. I'm really enjoying this, Chief. Hopefully this doesn't wreck my world. But then I go home because I, I didn't even have a place yet because I was living in California and I came back here. So I was at my mom's house. And I remember getting a call from Channel 12 
hey, uh, we want to do a local angle on the sto- on the 9-11. I'm like, you don't need a local angle. Uh, it's an international story. There's no reason for local angle. Well, we'd love a local angle. I'm like, well, not for- and we understand that you have someone you care about in there. I'm like, right. Have you heard from her? No, I don't know what's going on. And the person on the other line was adamant that they interview me before I find out. This was, I mean, how depraved is your mind to call someone who may or may not? It would be like if if you just found out that uh, your you know your loved one is in a horrible car crash and there's a pile of cars, and they're like, well, we want to make sure we get your reaction before you find out whether they're alive or dead. Essentially, she said that it was in a much more flowery way, but she said we want to make sure that or we want to have somebody local on uh, who's going through it, and and I'm like, well, not me. And she was adamant. And at the end, I just said, you know what? You can go f*** yourself. I've got, a, I've got things I've got to deal with. I thought that ended it. Within a minute after that, I've got a satellite truck in front of my mom's house. I don't even know how they knew I was staying there. And there was a truck in front of my mom's house. And they didn't stay long. I'll give them that. They didn't stay long. But they, right there in Mesa. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's a, there's a truck here. Well, maybe you forgot about this. After you said that to that uh, Channel 12 or whatever. They called you. Not they. Mark Curtis. Mark called you. And I could see in his voice like he did not want to. And he's like, listen. You said he's staying at his mom's house. I go, 511. (laughs) I don't remember that. I thought you were were at the crib in Arcadia. At my mom's house. I didn't have that yet. I bought that later that, uh, like in December of that year. And then bought half back. Because she was still living in California. I was going back and forth every week still. Because that's what I was doing when I worked at The Zone. So, how about that? Yeah, I had to drive back and get my dogs out of the house in Glendale, California. But I just remember that was the thing. And now, so, I'm a little jaded with it. Because every time I hear the news try to talk about how much it meant to them, I think about what it really meant to them, which was ratings. Which was 22 years of them pulling our emotions out once again and i understand you got to cover it but there's no reason to go i don't think to somebody's house knock on their door and go did your brother die in 9 11 all right set up the cameras let's film this guy see if we can get him to cry because that's essentially what's happening let's go back and talk to the people who lost people and see if it still hurts i hate that because of course it does but here we are 9 11 22 years later which is the other thing i can't believe we're 22 but years think about that. what i mean if it was the other way around, if we were on the air and it was a listener that we talked to multiple times, it's like, I just got back from there, or my brother uh, was there, would we have talked to him no. on the air? I don't know. I mean, it's No, like, we already had me doing it, and was what a, was the first thing I wanted to do? Right, Get but off if the we air. didn't have that, I'm saying if someone... If someone called Sometimes and, we've gotten this story like, oh, you know what, my cousin was involved in this thing right We've done but that nothing before. was as big as 9-11 no. so if somebody called us to tell them that their cousin or somebody was in the building i would have i would have thought immediate they're on the phone I right now thought, bull why are you calling us yeah now i wouldn't have believed it did you get any pressure from chuck or jj at the time to <laughs> to do any of these interviews or no. well it's great for the station you know chuck would have loved thing. it chuck, sure, chuck, chuck would have yeah. set one up yeah but yeah. no okay. he didn't but what i did get pressure from was I had to go back to my house in California, go out and get it, and then uh, fly out to New York because that's where she was. And when I had to go out to New York, so I had to wait five days because the planes weren't flying. And they weren't flying out of Phoenix, right? They you had, I, you didn't, had to go I to, didn't fly anywhere. I, there were no planes for five days. 
So I was in California with the dogs, and traveling was a pain in the ass. So I stayed there, and then I flew out from uh, Ontario, California to New York. It was the first West Coast to East Coast flight. It was like 6 a.m. the first day they had them out. It was the first West to East uh, that they let go. And, man, that plane was. I, I've told this story every year, but it is. it was the most emotional thing I've ever been a part of. Because most of the people on that plane were going back to get someone or to find someone. And it was still so fresh. And flying over New York City, and it was still burning. And we do a circle, because when you fly over New York, you get into that pattern where you, you circle the city before you land. And we went through four or five circles. And every time you're end of the plane, uh, the whole plane was peeking out the window to see the the two, the, just the, the smoke, smoldering. The, the smoldering spaces. And the tears were unreal. It was it was just sobbing. It was the saddest thing I've ever been a part of. And, uh, yeah, it was really weird. But, yeah. Would we have had people on? No, I don't. I, I mean, maybe that's my hindsight, but I don't think so because I didn't. I didn't know what to do, and plus, we were too new. I think we were two weeks in. If we do, if we, yeah, I just didn't think that was an appropriate thing. All I kept saying when we were on the air was, "Do we have a news feed? I'm not qualified for this. This is above my pay grade. I don't know how to play God's man." And then we got the calls from Chuck. Play the goddamn commercials. <laughs> <laughs> the classic. He was line. mad. So Go he, to the news. So and it, because of when it but was. Don't miss commercials. It's our post Labor Day sale. Come grab some tin. I'm like, oh my god, we're doing car commercials, and I got eight of them in a row here. I got to run. None of this is. I don't know what these commercials are going to say, but the world just changed. Well, I don't. Get, it, business isn't over. Two buildings just got hit. We have to survive. He was mad, but he gave me some heat when I. A week after not being here. When are you coming back? I'm like, I don't know. Well, we got to get you back on the air. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen for a minute. I haven't even seen what's going on. I don't I don't know what I'm about to walk into. I don't know if, if my ex is like lost her mind. Uh, what, what has happened? Like the things she saw are definitely going to be altering. Thank God for the drugs that made her a zombie and eventually ended our relationship. But still. <laughs> So, yeah, it was like this strange thing that he was dying to get. You got to get back on here. And I told him, fire me. I've been there for two weeks. I got bigger fish to fry right now. And that deal. How long were you off here? I don't remember. About a week and a half, two weeks. Okay. But the first week was just gathering stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then the next week was getting back out there and getting here, which was very difficult to do. Because I also didn't know if I was going to have to walk or drive back from New York. Because getting her near an airplane was rough. Oh, yeah. And was, and my first two weeks of radio, I'm like, wow, this is kind of weird. Yeah. What's going on, Hal? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you're going to be in with uh, some yeah. guy in the air chair here, your program they director. Made you and go then on. there's another casualty. Let's get rid of the one person. Oh, so you we... went on? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. Chuck made people go back it's in. JJ. But, wow. Yeah, our old program director. Basically, it was just and keep a, it on. There was a girl here, and when I came back, she wasn't here anymore. And it was just, yeah, just like, ah. You know what it did, though? Hal. It changed everything because I felt so much pressure when we first started this job. Like, all right, this is it. Like, working at the zone was my preseason. It was kind of like, I got, I, you know, I can do this. And then getting this gig for some reason, KUPD was a real station. The zone was not, never. If you ever walked the halls of that building, you realized you were in the Bush Leagues. And from the beginning, I think I kind of realized that. I put a lot of pressure on myself to make this work. The first couple weeks, I felt that. After 9 11, and coming back, I'm like, yeah, come on. I make fart jokes for a little. And it just changed my perspective of like, this isn't, you can do this. This is, you're fine. Don't, don't overthink this thing. 
And it was weird because every from that moment on, I think this show took off after that. I think the first few weeks we're trying to fight, and then after that, this relaxed kind of like we got this kind of took over, and we we flew out of the gates after that. But it was a weird start, obviously. But yeah, watch the news, and and you know, every time they have somebody on the air, just remember uh, how they got them. The, usually, the firefighter's brother did not call the news. It's someone who knew a guy who knew a guy who got back to one of the producers at Channel 12 or whatever, and then they call them and go, we'd love to milk your uh, sadness on the air 22 years later if you're interested. And those people want to tell their story. But the motivation of why makes me sick. Those guys at the news, they don't care. They're not really feeling your pain. They don't care. It's good TV. That's all they're after. And it is. I mean, I fall for it every once in a while. But when it comes to this stuff, when it's real, oof, it's tough. I always hate when they're knocking on doors of a... I don't know who does it. Like, they catch those people whose babies just drown. You know? There's and a, they talk to them. They well, talk the to closest. Like, Maybe it's a neighbor next door. It's an aunt. If a it's family a, or yep, a it's relative. A neighbor. Yep. Somebody will talk to them because they're, they're relentless. They bang down the door. And sometimes to an extent where they have to hold a press conference. Yeah, they've got a little thing set up in the front yard. Seven or eight microphones, like it's the end of the, you know, like they're doing a... Here's the 12-gauge she used. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Covered in blood stuff. What else you need to know? Questions? Gotta, it's terrible in there. High news. Yeah, they're awful. I just don't see how it's news it, more than it is sensational. But anyway, what are you going to do? They're going to eat it up. Get something, something. Check out Homework's Morning Sickness Podcast at 98kupd.com. Holmberg's morning sickness. I got a text from my buddy who works in uh, sports broadcasting yesterday, and he's like, over, under on 9-11 mentions in the next two uh, New York games. And I think we both placed it at 23. And I think last night they covered about 17 of them. So I figured that they would be a little more. Take the over, huh? Oh, take the over. Tonight's going to be 10 times worse. Two or three little vignettes of the trade center. Music going to break. Oh, yeah. Oh. All of it is 9-11 based, so. There are some people that celebrate today. Toledo and I got divorced and on this day, what? so it's happy divorcery for us. My friend Chris's birthday. My yeah. friend Mark has two of his three kids were born on 9-11. It's a great years. day. It can be a great it day. It can be a good yes. day. You have your divorce decree. It's, it's an amazing day for me. And to you, 9-11 represents freedom. Yes. And that's what it should You're do. Damn it for right. Think of Brad. Never forget <laughs> Brett's marriage. <laughs> we will never forget. I ought to get a picture of... You and your ex, like the, like two little towers on a shirt, and just says "Never forget." And then there's just a ribbon tied around her neck. <laughs> ribbon, <laughs> news, <laughs> <laughs> Just get rid of it. And Brett's a little airplane flying into her. I don't know, but it's just a. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a monster. It but yeah, nine eleven can be a good day. It doesn't have to all be sad and miserable. We can have new memories and just know what's going on. You know. That's all there is to it. And there's a lot of people who are suffering from it, too. There's a lot of people out there you forget actually do have real stories. This is a tough day. As much as uh, as much crap as they talk about the ex, this ain't an yeah. easy day for her. This isn't any fun. I mean, you know, and then to turn the TV on and have all the memories like, hey, look, we videotaped your worst nightmare. And so I remember a few of those first couple 9-11s afterwards where she couldn't be near a tv in september just in case then the night terror started again and she realized i have to get up at four in the morning stop <laughs> screaming <laughs> so anyway 
I say uh, when it's like this, you uh, you mourn personally. Don't give the news their due. The news is for uh, sports scores, traffic updates, and the weather. That's about all we need them for. I don't need to find out there was a traffic accident yesterday. How is that news? Another five-car pileup over there on the 202. That happened last night. Well, it's not news. It's olds and stop it. Well, if you drove by it, you'd want to know how many people died, right? Like, not really. Traffic on the tens. Yeah, just give me traffic. Uh, give me the weather and give me sports scores. That's really all you need to do. Baby drown. Baby drown. Like, how is this news? How is this affecting anyone but that family? Well, people need to know. Why? To explain it to me. So, so their kids don't crawl into the pool. Well, they all just have to do is just say, hey, there's a ton of people crawling into pools. We need to knock that off. That's not why they're flying helicopters over the house to, for awareness for Keeping others. Keeping more people out of the... That's right. It's because their their heart is in it. Ah, they want a shot of the firefighters doing CPR. That's all they care about. They're they're, And I'm friends with a few of them. But you get in that newsroom, it's like a rat king of misery. They Their goal is to find out how horrible they can make it look. And again, the old phrase, if it bleeds, it leads, has gotten a lot of people in news to quit. Because they that's, love bloody that's stories. at least 30 years old? That if phrase. it bleeds, it leads. It's from the 70s. Yeah. Because that's when news started getting a little They should different. do the 50th anniversary of that. If it bleeds, it leads. The first story where they realized, man, our ratings. And again, it's our fault. We love it, too. Yeah. The bloody stuff. But I, don't, I, I watch the news, and I'm like, why in the world did you just go from a cooking segment to a 17-year-old kid who got hit by a car, and you're shooting Extreme this. News. You're shooting this scene. <laughs> Of, like, you show me the bicycle, tattered in the road. Why, why can't you just tell me that? Because visually it makes more... No, it's just it's salacious nonsense. I just finished up with a beautiful potato salad, yeah. and now... <laughs> I get to watch Caltabiano fire down a bruschetta. Mm. <laughs> bruschetta week over at uh, Postino's, you guys. This is really good. Yada. Three teens were killed by a semi-truck. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, the guy's not even done swallowing the bruschetta. And now to more serious news. That's good stuff, David. Love that. What'd you have in that? A little honey and some figs? Gosh, save one for me. And actually, there should be three extra because there's three less kids in the city. <laughs> like, what the? Looks like someone has pumpkin spice. <laughs> and they get a shot of the Starbucks spill. That was just the pumpkin spice latte. That was before the semi just obliterated him. <laughs> you got to do news like we do with Brett's videos. I want to see them reacting. Oh, my God! <laughs> You see that? A heel through the urethra. That, that was a real guy. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back with weather. Anyway, I don't know. I got a little thorn in my side from that 9-11. I've seen that truck in front of my mom's house. It was weird. because uh, Now that I know that Mark Curtis called you, I know you gave her the, uh, the address. So. <laughs> oh, he's at his mom's house. That's over in Mesa. Rancho Del Mar. <laughs> You're interested. Right there off Extension in Guadalupe. That's where his mom's living. He's staying there while he looks for a place here. No, I'll drive you over. There. He, he would have gone over it. there. He would have gone over there personally. Would he? <laughs> yeah. I've seen the Mercedes Look, pull up. <laughs> if I could just get a word or two, I... oh, you can get two words. <laughs> you perfect. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great for him too. Obviously, he's still distraught. Talk to my dad. Oh, she's dead. They're, just, they're gonna find parts of her all over New York. You know that, right? Oh, it was. I remember exactly where I was standing. Exactly where I was standing when my dad said, "You know, she's dead, right?" <laughs> Like, thanks, Dan. <laughs> My dad has a very hard-ass way of dealing with death. 
where he just gets real tough about it. And he's not wrong, but it's almost That's like how I've he seen deals. him. Oh, I've seen him do it. He told my his sister, my aunt, when her husband died, while we're in the room with his dead body, you're tough. I don't want to see any tears coming out of you. <laughs> All right, dude, there's a dead body in the room. Let her cry. Oh, you're Alvar Holmberg's daughter. We don't get weak. I'm like, holy Christ, this dude's not dealing with this very well at all. We never liked him. <laughs> you know what? You're better off. Uh, when are you going to start dating? It's been eight minutes. <laughs> and the dude's body was right there. My dad's telling her to toughen up. <laughs> we don't cry, we don't fall apart, and we don't get weak. You're Alvar Holmberg's daughter. I'm like, wow. You're also a human being. You're allowed to cry. Your husband dropped dead next to you. Here, start up. Get on Farmers yeah, Only yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, I got, we'll we'll they, get you started. It's a little early for this, but here's an <laughs> app. I, I signed you up. Widows.com. You got to used to calling yourself that now because that's what you are. It's like he was, but that's his way. Just pound through the wall. And in a way, it kind of works. In a way, it's good. He deals with stuff, but man, oh man, when he called me about her, he had, he had the news to break. And plenty of people have gotten a bad call before, but last thing he did, most of it, nowadays, it's just that. How are you feeling? Are you okay? If you need me, I'm here. Not my dad. Toughen you know, up, son. You know, She's dead. Things- She's gone. It's time to move on. You've been mourning this long enough. Life goes on, you know. Jesus, dead. It's, it's like nine in the morning. This happened 45 minutes ago. She's dead. Brace yourself. Imagine if it was a, you know, if you look back, that it was a couple of days. I mean, you, when it happened, thank God it was that afternoon. We found her that night. They- well, that we had word that of her. Someone that night. contacted yeah. Yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, but there's people that they still didn't know still she was wondering alive. for. Yeah, they still didn't know she was alive. I got the call at like five that afternoon saying that somebody said that there was a hospital check in with her ID, and I didn't know what that meant. And then about eight or nine that night, got a call, and it was weird because she was gone, gone. It's nuts. And the craziest perspective I have is the person she stayed with was her step-grandparents. And they were refugees from Romania from World War II. And then Columbia professors. So they lived up in a really nice side of New York and Manhattan. Professors at Columbia University. And his name was Istvan. And I called to see if everything was okay. 9-11, 1 p.m., 9-11. And I'm like, Istvan, you're going to be the one she's going to need if, if we, are you guys prepared. It's such a beautiful day. I don't understand. And I'm like, I know, it's been weird. I'm going to the park, there are kids playing. He goes, I don't understand. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, I've been through this. It's, he, and you forget, that dude came from, his city got bombed out when he was like nine. Yeah. Regularly. Wow. And he had to run from it. And he's like, it's, we, we got off easy. There's only two buildings, we got off easy. And I'm, he saw a totally different perspective from a guy who had seen buildings just ravaged by leveled. war and leveled and having to run to like, yeah, they got us. We got punched pretty good here. But you know what? It's still a beautiful day. Go to the park. Play with your kids. <laughs> like, wow. And he was like, we'll take care of it. It's okay. We didn't have a park. Yeah, we didn't have a park. <laughs> we had Nazi hiding hole. I'm like, okay. He's fun. He didn't understand the reaction or panic. He didn't get it. He's like, buckle up, man. It's like that what, that Victor Frankl book that you always talk about? Kind of, yeah. I mean, he kind of had that thing where he's like, look, they, they took our buildings, but we're still standing. There's people down. Now it's time to get them. I mean, his, his whole mentality was end this. And then I went to new, back to my house in California. My neighbors had signs on their windows that said, nuke them till the ground glows. And I'm like, we have 
definitely got something going on now. This place is about to go nuts. It was a, it was a weird time. So if you're 23 years old, just be happy you didn't live through it because it was odd. Everybody else who can kind of remember, we all know. So it's 9-11. The tributes are everywhere. And so long as they're heartfelt and meaningful, that's a thing. But some of the news dragging out somebody's dead cousin, that's brutal to me. Uh, it's 628. Hey, happy Monday, everybody. Yay. I saw a guy on the internet yesterday with the New York accent after the Giants game. They did a thing on Twitter. They talking to fans at the Giants game. I don't even know what it was. My friend sent it to me, and he goes, uh, this guy's like, I'd rather live through 9-11 again. <laughs> he walks out of it and just screams it at the TV or at the camera. And I'm like, Jesus, 40 0. 22 years later, everybody's fine. Uh, let's get a wake up song, 629. Let's do it. 585 9800 is the phone number. Uh, and we have uh, something incredibly cool I have to tell you about. So stick around because the next thing you know might put you on a private jet. That's going to be awesome. It's 98 KUPD. Wake up! It's out of control now. 98 KUPD. <laughs>